Okay, I want to get to the heaven thing because that's where y'all want to get at. 1988, Pastor Paul Trokel was pastoring Magnolia Christian Center. I had preached there before under the pastor leadership of G.C. Kirksey. I know these names like the back of my hand. And I went to preach, so. And I was put at the Best Western Hotel, room 105, there, and I started my meeting. Sunday morning, Sunday night, Monday night, Tuesday night, Wednesday night. Well, we had a glorious service. And on, I believe it was Monday or Tuesday, I believe it was Monday, Sunday morning, Sunday was my third service because I preached Sunday morning, Sunday night. Pastor Paul said, let's have, let's, let's have lunch. And across the street from the Best Western Hotel was a, a, a steakhouse called Western Sizzler, Sizzler, or Sizzling, something like that. And uh, I said, okay. He said, just meet me over there at, at 12 o'clock. I said, okay. So I walked across the street. And when I got there, there him and uh, I guess one of his associates was with him. Uh, I, didn't, I don't remember the gentleman's name. He said, well, Jesse, you got to go in the line, pick your steak, and make potato, blah, blah, this and that. I said, okay. So we sat, and we did all that, you know. And when I sat down to put the steak down, I just, I heard the Lord say, go back to your room. Go back to your room now. Now, I know that voice. And I mean, I mean, the snakes, shh, you know, everything's hot. And I said, Pastor Paul, I got to get back. I got to go back to my room. And, and I said, let me pay for this. And I think I put $100 on the table. Oh, no. But I said, he said, are you sick? Something wrong? I said, no, nothing. I'm feeling good. I want to eat this steak. I said, but I got to get back to my room. I just, I just got to get back to my room. I said, I'll see you tonight, okay? Is that okay? Sure, but are you sure you're not sick? You sure? I said, no, I'm feeling fine. I, I, I said, but I, and then he asked me again, well, why you got to go? I said, I don't know. Okay. So, man, I went like that, and I opened up my room, and I took the Do Not Disturb sign. I stuck it on the uh, doorknob, and I closed the door. And I knew something was heavy on me. And I, I said, man, i got to pray this thing out. I, I don't know what it is. And I looked at the clock, you know, with them little red lights, like a clock that you see in a hotel, and it was like uh, 1 o'clock. And I knelt down. And I said, Lord, I don't, you know, I started talking like me. I said, Lord, I don't know. And all of a sudden I heard, I thought, my God, there's a tornado coming here. You know how a tornado sounds? And I went, oh, man. I'm about ready to get up. And then, whoa, I was sucked out the room. I went, whoa. I mean, I literally hollered, whoa. I mean, you know, now it wasn't a vision. How, how did you get to the ceiling? I don't know. I don't know any of that. I'm like the Apostle Paul. I don't know what I was in my body, out of my body. All I know, I went to that roof. And I was put into this kind of a, uh, looks like a ski car, what? but closed in. And it was the same blonde-headed angel that had talked to me in Jonesville, Louisiana. I went, hey, how you doing? He said, hi, Jesse. I said, where are we going? And, and it was, I mean, we were moving at a phenomenal rate of speed. And I think the only reason why I was in that contraption was to protect me, not to protect the angel. Because I'm in a flesh body. See what I'm saying? I mean, traveling at a phenomenal rate. He said, you have an appointment with the Most High God. I said, I do. What I do wrong? <laughs> now, I didn't put that in the book, but I asked him that. He said, you didn't do nothing wrong, or otherwise you wouldn't be here. He said, we'll be there in, just, in a very short time. I, I, I don't know how fast we were going. I knew we were moving. Glenn, we were moving, man. I mean, 
And all of a sudden, I began to kind of like feel the brakes slowing down. And and he just stopped. He said, and he opened the door. And when he opened the door, I was in the most beautiful place I ever seen in my entire life. I've never seen reds like that, blues, purples, gold, grays. When I say color, I mean color like I've never seen in my life. Because there was no stain of sin on it. And I walked out. And the angel said, you're in paradise. I said, paradise? And I looked and I could see the city, which seemed like millions of mansions all around it. And it's a three-place tier. There's the throne. There's the New Jerusalem. Then there's paradise. See, paradise looks like country, beautiful green fields, valleys, mountains. And I was thinking in my mind, God, this looks a lot like earth. But the angel could hear me thinking. He said, it's the, the earth is the Lord's taste. I said, yeah, that's right. I said, man, glory to God. And you can't use praise phrases because they do it. You know how we say, praise the Lord? No. Glory. I went, glory to God. He goes, glory to God. Glory to God. And I go, glory to God. And everybody around me goes, glory to God. You just got to watch what you say. Because they do it. Glory to God. And I'm shouting. And I look. And I, and I felt like the needle. He said, do not kneel before me. You have an appointment with the most high God. And I looked. And I'm just standing there. It just... I just couldn't get over how beautiful. It was vast. It was huge. Heaven's a planet. It's about the best way I can describe it in the natural. And I, I don't know what to do. And I, and I wanted to say, praise God. But I knew, but I did it anyway. I went, praise God. He goes, praise God. Yeah, I mean, and he didn't have wings, this, this angel. But there was a lot of them I did. And I mean, people start praising God. And here comes another one of them contraptions that I then. And it comes, I don't know who this person. This person comes out and this man goes, I made it. I made it. I can't believe I made it. And he fell on the ground and started kissing the ground. I made it. I made it. And I thought, yeah, but you see, he didn't have clothes like I did. He had a gown on. How you know the people is clothes. The, uh, the clothes of office. Like if in the military, you know a general when you see him. You know a colonel when you see him. You know a lieutenant colonel when you see him. A full bird colonel. You know, and they, that, 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 that close of office dictates their position there in heaven. But this man had a gown. And there was another angel who said, let me guide you. Now, people were lining up, heading for that city as fast as they could. But they didn't have gowns. Some of them had gowns, but, but most of them had big robes on. Gorgeous robes with top stitching. Beautiful stuff. I mean, just, and I thought... Man, look at the clothes in there. But all of a sudden, I saw the people with the gowns, they kind of get close, and they'd get out of line. And, and, and the angels would move them over to where the river of life was. And they would, they would eat a piece of fruit and take the leaves and do this. And I said, well, they're not going to go to the throne? He said, yes. But he said, the great God Jehovah is merciful. But they didn't live the way they were supposed to live. But the great God Jehovah was merciful. They will learn and eventually get to the throne. And I thought, man, I am something going wrong with me. I'm sitting here and so. And then when I got back, I checked it out in the book of Isaiah. He said he gives us a garment of salvation 
and a robe of righteousness, which is totally two separate things. And I physically saw that with my own eyes. That's eyes in the book of Isaiah. You ought to go read it. It's a garment of salvation, which means to show that they were saved, and a robe of righteousness. Now, as I, I thought, man, I'm looking like that in this. I was thirsty. The angel said, you're thirsty? I said, yes. He said, I'll get you some water. And this man said, I'll get him the water. And I looked. Oh, my so cold. I get goosebumps. Excuse me a minute. Ah. He's thick, barrel-chested man. He said, hello, Jesse. I'm your father in the faith. I'm Abraham. I went, and he, he's thick, barrel-chested. Big man, you ought to see his clothes. You talk about a general. This boy was more than a four-star, five-star, ten-star. See, I, everything I thought about heaven was totally wrong. I thought Peter at the gate, that ain't true. No, no. You know, I just people saying all that kind of stuff. The first person you meet is your father of faith, Abraham. He said, you thirsty? I said, yes. He said, let me get you some water. He had a goblet with sapphire and diamond and emerald. I thought, my God, look at that cup. He said, drink this. And I was dehydrated. And I would do this. I said, what's happening? He said, you're going to have to eat some fruit so you can withstand the glory of God. And that's why I knew I was in my physical body. Because if I was in a, uh, in a vision, I wouldn't have got weak. You know, or spirit body or something like that. But I mean, I mean, I would do this and not do that. And the angel said, you okay? He said, and I started talking to him. And I just had a wonderful time. I want to just stay there and talk. And the angel said, we must move on. You have an appointment with the Most High God. I saw a man, the only other person other than Jesus that had a crown, he had a red beard, and that was King David. I saw him from afar. And Jesus assigned him to bring me to my house. But that's, I'm, I'm going ahead of myself right now, but we'll get to that in just a minute. So he gave me, and we started talking faith. Now, I didn't put this in. I said, I said, how'd you do it? I said, how'd you do it? Abraham, how'd you do How could you lay your boy down? He said, well, I had a choice, but I chose the right choice. He said, just like you. I said, oh, I didn't do nothing what you did. He said, yes, you have. See, you don't know how God judges you until you get there. You think, well, I, you know, I'm just a normal little Christian about this. And, oh, but God has a different scale of moving and touching people. Like, you, you know, we think, you know, this and that. We think God is far above all that. So I'm just talking to And he hugged me and he laughed. And I thought, I'm being hugged by Abraham. And I just couldn't get over that. I was just sitting. And the angel said, Jesse. They didn't call me Brother Jesse. They didn't call me Reverend Jesse. They didn't call me Reverend Doctor or Brother. They just called me Jesse. That's what Jesus called me, Jesse. I never called him Reverend Christ. I just called him Jesus. First name basis. And I was trying to do something for the angel. And he said, no, no, we're servants here. I said, Abraham, let me do it. He said, no, no, we're servants here. We serve each other. You have an appointment with God Almighty. It's exciting. And I said, listen, we need to talk more. I said, can I stay here a while? No, they keep your own schedule. You know what I'm saying? Now, by this time, I'm seeing 
beautiful places. I mean, just places just gorgeous. So I'm walking like that, and there's these flowers. The heads of the flowers are about this big, if everybody can see me. And they're beautiful. And I stopped. And the angel said, you can walk. He said, they're spiritualized. I said, what? He said, you won't crush them. Nothing dies here. He said, step. I stepped and it went through my legs. As I walked by, Judy, they t- like as if they could see me. They turned. I thought, my God. And I mean, big, beautiful flowers just waving in the breeze. I said, what is that? He said, that's the fluttering of angels' wings. He said, it's all over. I said, what's that wonderful smell? He said, that's the fragrance of God. Wow. I'm still looking for that smell. I smelled it one time just a little bit at Lakeside Mall. (laughs) I know that smell. I can't tell you what it is. But a lady walked by me and I... Just, I'm like, God, that's that smell. And I looked at her. That's when I was going to get one of them coats. Uh, uh, coats, you know, when he's a uh, sport coat. And she said, how you doing, Brother Jesse? I said, you must be very close to God. She said, I am. It's a pleasure meeting you. And walked off. I wanted to go. <laughs> you know, but she kind of walked off. But it was just a tinge, George. But I can't t- explain to you how it smells. It just smells wonderful. And it, it just gives, it just goes in your body. And I'll never forget that as long as I ever live. So as I'm walking, nothing, I kept looking around and I noticed that there were no shadows. So I asked that angel, I said, you're not casting a shadow. He said, God is light in whom there's no darkness, no shadow of turning. There's no darkness here. He wasn't quoting scripture. He was telling me there's just no dark, darkness. Here. See, ladies and gentlemen, if you look up there, you see the, you see the shadows? And even though we got light in it, that doesn't happen. That doesn't exist in heaven. There's no darkness. There's no decay. There's no dust. Zero dust. None of that. That's decay. So think about that for a minute. So when I, I, so I'm just walking and enjoying myself. But every time I, I want to stop, I, I want I wanted to look at things, you know. But I'm walking about this fast, I guess you could say. And the angel walking beside me, Randy. I mean, he was just a big old boy. I mean, big. All of a sudden, here come kids like you girls, about her size. They come out. And in paradise, they're pavilions where they come out and sing and perform. And I asked Abraham, what are you doing in paradise? He said, paradise belongs to me. It's my bosom. I said, that's where Jesus walked over and went to Abraham's bosom and set the captive. He said, so you read the word. <laughs> he said, it's my place. It's mine. That's his bosom. I said, yes. These little girls and boys coming. I mean, bunches of them. And it looked like a harp to me, about the size of this we are. And they were playing and they were singing. And I said, who's all these children? He said, these are children that the world did not want. He said, but the great God, Jehovah, is merciful. He said, and and they love to play and sing for Jesus. I said, oh, okay. You know, and I said this, and they were just sweet. And they had on on beautiful outfits. All of a sudden, I heard this. He's coming. He's coming. He's coming. And the kids begin to run in front of me. 
I said, where are they going? He said, bow. That's what the angel told me, bow. I hit my knees. And out of that city came a light. How do I say this? Lord, help me. Um, diamonds just clearing, closed. I mean, just, and, and I thought, my God. He said, power before the king of kings. That's what the angel did. I said, oh, yeah, man. I'm not, I'm not and I start repenting. I said, Jesus, listen. Uh, he said, I've already washed it away, Jesse. Stand up. Stand to your feet. Uh, I said, listen, you, maybe I might have missed something. I, you know, because you, you, you know, there's such holiness. There's such purity. You understand what I'm talking about? Listen to me. So I stood up, and he's between 5'11 and 6'1. But his clothes looked like a sheet of diamond. And light just emanating out of it. But in the thread, you could see the glory coming out of it. See, Jesus is the part of God you can touch. The heart of God is the Father. The face of God is the Son, Jesus. The voice of God is the Holy Ghost. But the hands of God is the church. Do you hear that? And he looked at me, put his hand on his shoulder. He said, are you enjoying yourself? I said, yes. He said, I come to hear my children sing. I said, I said that's great. I said, I, I, I'm, I'm going to listen too. And the kids start singing and playing. And it was phenomenal. Harvey Otis. I mean, perfect song. Like, oh, just perfect. I just listened. And Jesus, they ran up to him. They would go in. See, they had a spiritual body. They would actually go in his glory. Me, I'd go in. John was like this. And I'd hit. You see, and I said, I need to get in there. And what happened is, in a new spirit body, you can go in between the molecules. That's why Jesus could go through the walls. Now, when he put his hand, I, I looked at the holes. I didn't realize how big those nails were. You know, I was thinking a hole, I guess. Yes, yeah. I could see right through the holes at the ground. Then I saw this liquid-like doing this. Now, I didn't put this in the book, but the Lord said I could reveal it. I said, what is that? He said, you know that statement I gave you? He said, that's liquid God. Like you have blood, this body doesn't have blood. This is a body you can hug. This is, you can hug the Father and the Holy Ghost through Jesus' body. I, and I thought in my mind, whoo, he must have, looked like a railroad uh, spike. It, that, that big, ladies and gentlemen, in his feet. And it was the color of, uh, of not bronze, but a very shiny brass, what it looked like. But what it was was just glory coming out. And when I look into his face, the, if you would take a light and stick it behind my head, because my hair is so white, the TV freaks out. And, you, and I was looking, I'm, I'm trying to get his features, but he turned his head like this, and he talked to an angel, and this part of the, I saw him, he said, it was light brown. He didn't have a beard. I'm thinking like Jews do, you know, long. Mm -mm. And then when he returned, it was just pools of, I mean, just love coming off of him. Like you, you, you just, you get weak and angel said eat this so you can withstand the glory of God he said you have an appointment with my father and me and my spirit 
I said, well, let's talk now. He said, you have to see other things. I'll meet you soon. And he walked off as the kids were singing and glorifying. This just beautiful place. And I'd see the people all lining up trying to get to that throne, Randy. But then I'd see them people with gowns step out and go over, and they would grab those leaves. And I asked the angel again. I said, and they're not going to go. He said, the great God Jehovah is merciful. He said, but they have to learn some things. He said, but they will get there. And that's the one with the different color, uh, the gowns. You see what I'm saying? Instead of those rules. There were some people just walking like this, heading straight to that throne. It was amazing. Everybody wants to get to the throne. The throne is 1,500 miles high. You can see God from all directions. As we were walking, I'm getting close to the city. I saw mansions after mansions and mansions. I mean, just, I'm not talking about small places, I'm talking mansions. And I came up to the Jasper Wall, and I said, stop. I preach on this. I want to look at this. And I saw the names of the apostles. The first one was Peter. The second one was Paul. The third one was James. The fourth one was John. I didn't put this in the book. I said, why James is ahead of John? He said he was the first martyr. He deserved that position. I said, Paul. I said, you know, he wasn't in the original 12. He said, and I forget what the angel said. He was original to God. Wow. I didn't put that in the book, but he told me. I said, okay. I said, listen, I got, I, I, I want I I to watch. He said, no, you, I have to keep moving you. And that's when David came up to him. And I looked at him, and he had a red beard like Keith Moore's beard. It wasn't shaggy. You know, it was very well manicured. You never seen beards. And he goes, hello, Jesse. Everybody knew my name. I said, if when I, man, I saw that cry. I went down. He said, don't power at me. You've just met the king of kings. Buddy, he has got a position. He is the king of Israel. Even there. You can see that. He said, no, stand, don't, don't bother me. You just met the kings of kings. I've been assigned by Jesus to take you around, take you to your house. I said, okay. So we started walking. I said, you was a musician, weren't you? He said, yes, I was. He said, you a musician too? I said, yes, I am. I said, I wrote a lot of songs. He said, so did I. I said, yeah, I read some of them. Exact words. He said, well, which ones did you like? Well, I said, I like them all, but the one I really liked was the Psalms 23. He said, I did my best on that. He said, you know why? Now I'm going to reveal some things. He said, because you see, I just let the Lord speak through me. He said, some of my songs, he said, I sang about troubles. He said, you know us musicians a lot of times, we, sing, we do what we call uh, stories in the songs, you know? Like, today I passed you on the street. It's an experience that happened, and you make a song out of it. He said, but when I, when I would talk about the worship of God, he said, those were much better. They were good. He said, but he said, you know what I'm talking about. I said, yeah, I wrote a lot of songs, and you write. That's how songwriters get their, their ideas from experiences and things that happen in their life. He said, but I wish I'd have done a lot more when I praised and worshiped him instead of some of the songs about some of my troubles. He said they were still good, but it was so much better when I just talked about how wonderful and how glorious he is. So we just talking. He said, I've been, I've been told to go to your house. I want to bring you to your house. I said, okay. So I'm just talking. We're talking music. 
Okay, I'm getting weaker by the minute. He said, give him some fruit. It was a piece of fruit about this big. Look a little bit bigger than a, a, a very small piece. Uh, what do they call that? A piece? The one that's purple, Kathy. Plum. Yeah. And, and I would eat that and I would just feel strength. Whew. And I asked him, and this is not in the book. I said, I want to know about Enoch and Elijah. He said, what do you want to know? I said, well, they came up here like what I'm at. He said, that's right. How can they stand it? Because they got to be eating probably 10 billion pieces of fruit by now to handle this. And he said, God Almighty spiritualized their bodies so they could operate and function like everyone else here. Oh. I said, okay. Now, in the Mount Transfiguration, Jesus was so bright, but notice this. When, when, he, when he dialed up, they could barely see. and He had to dial it back down. But when he came out of that city, he was so bright. And there was a glory coming out of his cloak. I mean, you could actually see the, the threads, just glory being emitted everywhere, all over his body. So we're walking like that. And he said, uh, before we go to your house, let's go in this house. I think you'll enjoy this person. I said, okay. So I walked in, and I saw a bald-headed man about this tall which is about, what, five foot three, two? And he was sitting on a windowsill. And there was about seven or eight people around. He was teaching the Word of God. And he looked at me. He said, hello, Jesse. I said, my God, that's the Apostle Paul. I said, hello. He said, how you doing? I said, this place is great. He said, I've been wanting, he said, during my life, I wanted to get here so bad, but I had to stay, you know, to help the church. So I sat down, and he looked at me. I said, let me tell you something, Paul. If you came back to the earth, you could sue me for copyright infringement. <laughs> I preach all your stuff. And he laughed. He just thought that was so funny. I was serious. <laughs> I mean, I preach his epistles. I preach everything he said. And I said, you know, I, I, you said the same thing. that." Uh, you don't know whether you was in the body or out of the body and you was caught up. He said, just like you. You have experienced what I experienced when I had a physical body. I said, "That's man, this is heavy. And he said, it is. I said, what was your greatest surprise? And tears came. He said, Jesse, I never thought that God would make my words his words. He said, I was writing to the churches, you know, to do my job as an apostle. He said, well, when I got here, God said, Paul, because of your love for me, because of your tenacity, I made your words my words. He said, my words became holy canon. I said, Lord, I said, well, I tell you what, you sure did some great stuff. He said, I got a lot more that I'm going to teach once everybody's here. I said, I'm, I'm going to your Bible study. <laughs> he just laughed. It was so funny. See, you could talk to one or you could talk to millions. That's how the, 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 the language is. You see what I'm saying? It's just I mean, like Jesus could talk to you, yet talking to millions of people. And so I'm talking and I'm keep on talking. And the angel and David said, uh, you have an appointment. I said, I, 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 we need to talk some more. He said, before you go. You know when I wrote to my church in Corinth that I light affliction is but for a moment? I said, yeah. I said, I preached that. He said, the church 
made it a lifetime. Then he leaned over to me, Gigi, like this. He said, do me a favor. Change it back to a moment. I said, I'm yours to command. I'll change it back to a moment. I said, I'll tell you what, man. I, I said, persecution don't make nothing to me. I don't care what they say. He said, you're a lot like me about that. I said, but I haven't been beat up like you. You know, I, he said, you know, but he said, I he said, I wouldn't. He said, don't even be concerned about the tribulation I went through. My whole body were beat me. I was thinking, man, uh, maybe they'll kill me and I can get to heaven. He said, I could care less about all that. I was interested in one thing. Come in here. Stay in here. And start my eternal work. Ladies and gentlemen, God hadn't stopped creating. The universe is expanding right now as we speak faster than the speed of light. That's God. He's a creator. So I said, listen, I want to come back and talk. He said, okay, thank you. He said, Jesse, thanks for coming to my home. I said, you got a nice house. He said, wait till you see yours. I said, you been to my house? Yeah, he said, Jesus personally built it for you. Now let me back up. When Jesus put his hand on my shoulder, he said, go tell my people I'm coming. Now you got to watch. Sometimes he would talk to me, I could physically hear, and yet he could hear my thoughts, and he would answer me in my thoughts. And I said, Lord, you got the wrong man here. I said, I'm just, a, I'm, just a, I'm just an evangelist preaching Sunday through Wednesday meetings. This is 1988, you know. I said, you need Billy Graham. Go tell my people, you need somebody like that. And he just smiled. He said, no, you will do it. What I did not know, what I signed in prior for arrogant today. On ABC, CBS, NBC, Fox, PBS, I'm on all those channels. I'm preaching to 2.9 billion people in 14 different languages. And since January 20... Uh, 2020 to the end of April of this year, over 19,300,000 people have contacted us on social media. <laughs> views, comments, you know how to do all that stuff. And we, our people are running nine and nothing just to keep up with all this stuff. And what are we telling them? Jesus is coming. So I asked the Lord, I was going to reveal this at the end, but he said, you can do it now. I said, why are you making me do this, Lord? He said, I brought you here to tell everybody that I'm coming. He said, and you tell everybody I'm coming sooner than they think. Write that down if you're taking notes. Now, he didn't tell me when he was coming, but he's coming sooner than you think. As I'm walking, I'm running into horses. You talk, Lori, you ain't seen horses like that. My God. What's so wonderful about the animals, you can hear them think. They can talk to you. You can talk to them. Cats. I saw cats. Little ones. Big cats. Lions. Tigers. Horses. Dogs. Now, I ain't saying your dog went to heaven. I'm just saying I saw dogs. I don't I can't. I can't. I don't put some words in my mouth. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know about that. But I, I mean, animal. And I, I just looked at one horse and he, and he just looked at me. And I could hear him thinking. And he said this. Thanks for coming. I said, where's that white horse, that Jesus? I didn't see it, but I wanted to because I love horses. I think they're just beautiful animals. I mean, all over, lambs and lions playing, like it says in the Bible, just playing around. And you see the little babies and those children. They would run up to Jesus and he would hug them. And they would hug him. It was amazing. He said, we've got to move you faster. I said, okay. He said, we'll come back. 
So as I begin to walk and I, I begin to get to that throne, I really begin to get weak there. Oh, man. So I held on to that angel's arm. I mean, I'm doing that. And he said, eat this. I said, I hope you got a lot of fruit in there, man. I said, this is, and I would, you know. And when I walked in it, it was like millions of people standing before that throne. And I heard this. And that's God's sound. The Father. That's energy. That's power. I cannot. I don't know how to explain that. Such power. And smoke. And there was these angels, cherubims, at least 30 foot tall. With a 30 foot wing spread. But the one, and that's big. But the ones that blew me away was those seraphims with the three, with the six wings, and they put the wings over their um, uh, their feet. I said, "What? Why?" He said, "They go as messengers that God sends them, and they don't want if they have to have a dust on their feet, they cannot approach God." And those cherubims begin to fly around that throne. I bit the dust. I hit the ground. I couldn't stand up no more, and I'm trying to look. And I hear, and I'm hearing, holy, 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 the great God Jehovah. Amen. I'm looking at that, and I'd grab, I'd begin to kind of get strength, and the power, and out of that fog and that power comes Jesus Christ in human form. And he came out just like this. I saw the difference between the Father and the Son. But I saw Jesus, he'd talk, and then he'd turn around. They can't stay away from each other very long. He'd go back into that smoke. Man, and you hear power, boy, just like if, 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 if the father would just move a fingernail, just annihilate a universe, just such power. And then he'd come out. And I always thought of Jesus as a teacher. You know, blessed are the pure in heart. For they shall say, God, that's wrong. Now, he can do that. He came out of there, and there was thousands, of, millions, actually. And he went... I'm going to get your brothers. I'm going to get your sisters. I'm going to get your family. Let me tell you what I thought of. I thought, my God, he's like R.W. Schambach. He can preach. He's a a preacher. R.W. Schambach was very dear to me. And I don't know if y'all know who he was, but that's a powerful man. He's in heaven today. I mean, preaching up a storm. People falling out. I saw where the 24 elders were. But they were not in their chairs. I said, where the elders? He said, they're in the city. In paradise. We're servants here, Jesse. We're servants here. Everybody's saying, What can I do for you instead of you trying to do something for them? And I thought, My God, the only other seats that are on that throne is where humans sit. Angels don't sit, they stand at attention because they're servants. We're sons and daughters. Okay? I mean, it was the most amazing thing I've ever seen in my life. And I'm just trying to grasp it. And I saw God, the, the, like the hand of God. This is the Father. And, and I was trying. And watch my finger here if I can get this, if you can get a good shot of this. Now, them angels, you know why they say holy, holy? They've been doing that for trillions and trillions of years. And every time they make a circle around the throne, they see a side of God they've never seen before. And they proclaim, holy, 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 the great God Jehovah. Now watch my finger. And I said, I'm, I'm like this man. And he did this. And when he did, one of them angels, bam, just blew him up against the wall. Didn't hurt him. Just bam. And I thought, my God, if this father just moves the wrong way, 
It's over. This creator. So I understand the Trinity because I saw the Father. But I couldn't look into the brightness. I could just barely, you know, I saw the Son, Jesus. Now I could hold him. And I asked the stupidest question anybody could ever ask in heaven on the floor. The angel said, I said, where's the Holy Spirit? Because, you know, I want to understand the Trinity and the natural side. And he said, he's on the earth. I said, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I, 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 I felt so stupid. Why would you ask such a stupid question? You idiot. You know? I met a family as I was going toward the throne that was killed in an airplane accident. There were six of them. And they said, hey, Jesse. I said, y'all know me? We know everybody here. I said, what y'all doing? They said, we're going on a picnic in paradise. You want to go? I said, yeah. The angel said, you can't. You, 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 you've got to do this. You've got to do that. They said, well, when you get back, we'll go, we'll go on a picnic. He said, I said, okay. He said, well, I, I will remember. I said, I will too. It, it just, the plan. And I saw him, like a husband and wife thing. And I asked the question, George. I said, uh, now I always kind of heard that you don't live together, you know. That, you know, the body and the bride of Christ, you know, you, he said, oh, no, you can. Yeah, he said, yeah, you'll know your wife, you'll know her, you can live together. He said, but it's not like the way you think. It's so much higher than that. He said, Jesse, we are covenant family, all of us. And I thought, so you'll be with Randy. Yeah, but higher than ever your marriage was, much greater. So I, I'm, I'm hearing all these things, and I'm listening to him preach. I said, my God, man, listen. And I just wanted to stay there. People, when he would preach, they'd fall out by the hundreds of thousands. Even in their spirit bodies, bam, they would hit the ground. It was the most amazing thing. I'm just looking, and I'm just laying flat, man. And he's feeding me fruit. I got juice running down my cheek and everything. But when I would bite, I could feel like a surge of strength would come so I could withstand the glory of God. I knew if I tried to stand up and look and into the Father, like Moses said, you can't, I, I'd have died. I, I, I know it. I, now, I didn't meet Moses, but I saw him afar off. He's a very big man. And I noticed his clothes, all them patriarchs. Whoo, you ought to see that robe they got. You can tell the distinct, different things. And, uh, and so the people will find, they all want to get to their throne to get around God himself. And I, I was looking around, and I thought, hmm. I asked the angel, I said, why can't Jesus and the Father be apart very long? He said, love, love. He said, remember, when, which I just told you. He said, when we go out to the city, he said, I want you to remember what you asked me. I said, okay. You know, and, and I'm just looking, and I just couldn't, and, and, and I wanted to repent, but I didn't have nothing to repent because it doesn't exist. Now, in my mind, I can remember stuff. They don't remember anything. It's washed away never to be remembered again. There's nothing. You don't hear repenting in heaven. It doesn't exist at all. There's people there you never thought were there. Now, I'm probably going to get some headache on this. But the Lord said I could say it. 
I saw President John Fitzgerald Kennedy. I saw him. I said, that's the President of the United States. He said, the great God Jehovah has been merciful. I knew not to ask another question. Now, I don't know what that meant. Now, I know somebody's going to get mad at me about that, but I'm sorry. I'm just telling you what I saw. I've never revealed that till tonight. Because I thought, who would believe me? And what good would it do? I asked the Apostle Paul, was you married? Some people think you had a son. You know what he said? <laughs> he said, the reason why I didn't put any of that in there, what good would that do? I want people to recognize the message. He said, that's why you don't know nothing about Jesus from he's 12 till he's 30. What good would that do you? You need to hear and be witness to his message and what's going on. And I went, oh, yeah, I got that. Okay. I understand. I just wanted to know. He just smiled at me. I wasn't giving up. I said, I won't tell nobody if you tell me. <laughs> he did the same thing you did. He just laughed. He didn't say nothing. I don't know. Maybe you can ask him when you get there. But I wanted to know. I don't know. Maybe I'm just nosy. There's so many things I could, I could go for hours, the different little things. But as I begin to just look, I had accomplished that. He said, we need to walk out again. I'm going to take you to your home. And King David was bringing me around. So we were talking. He's a very fine man. And I ran into Jonah. And I went down the street of the prophets. I know where Brother Hagin's living. CJ, I know the houses he's in. They look like St. Charles Street in New Orleans and Manhattan back in the 1800s where they had block mansions. And it, it's the only city left in the United States that has block mansions is the city of New Orleans. For you that travel, if you want to say, it's on St. Charles Street, they call it the Garden District. Go down there, every block is covered with a mansion. And that's where the prophets live and the patriarchs. It's amazing to see that. And I asked Jonah, I said, hey. He said, hey, Jesse. I said, how you doing? He said, I'm doing fine. I said, I want to ask you a question. Yes. I said, how did it feel to be in that fish? <laughs> I thought that was a viable question. I didn't know if it was a whale, fish, whatever. He said, Jesse, you're focusing on the wrong thing. I was in disobedience. He didn't say nothing, Kevin, about the fish. He didn't say a thing. He said, I was in disobedience. He said, I wasn't, I wasn't thinking how I was breathing, living. I was thinking, you idiot, you're in disobedience. And if I ever get out of here, I am going to do what God told me to do. But, you know, he even got mad after God told him to do. Because, you know, God was merciful. See, some of you don't think JFK could be there. Well, none of the people from Nineveh should have been there neither. But God was merciful. They, Ninevites, they repented. JFK repented. Now, what he done, I don't know. That's none of my business. I saw him. He didn't have a robe on. He had a gown. But you knew who it was. And the other people, I passed this building. It was a huge building. I said, I'd like to go in there on the way to my house. He said, you're not allowed to go in there. You can't see what's in there. And I knew CJ immediately that I don't ask that question no more. I still don't know what's in that building, but it was huge. It looked like the Pentagon. You know how big that building is? Not a Pentagon per se like the 
Pentagon, but that big, that size of a building, huge. I don't know what's in there. And at the throne, I saw something I'll never forget as long as I live. In the smoke, I saw babies coming out. They had the ability to fly. And that, Charlie, they had little nightgowns on. That's the only way I can say that. And I said, what is that? He said, that's the thoughts of God. I said, what? He said, that's the thoughts of God. When God thinks, he thinks children. And I could hear the little voices said, would you make me a spirit? Would you make me a spirit? See, the soul is the mind, the will, and the emotion, the thoughts. And God would go, you could see him just leaving the breath of God. Now, I couldn't, because you'd see him come out the phone. And they were placed into, became a living spirit and was placed in the womb. So, if you've had an abortion, or you've had a miscarriage, your babies are alive. They're alive. And listen to me. If you recently had a miscarriage, or whatever, and you don't live much longer, let's say you pass away, you teach your children the oracle of God. You. They can't wait to see their parents. They can't wait to see their mother and father. Now, if you wait a long time, there are people teaching them, you know, as you grow older, then they, they, they grow faster than a normal child, like this, these sweet girls, but, but they're being taught the oracle of God. But let's say you had a miscarriage four years ago, five years ago, and you went home to be with the Lord or something like that. You would teach your own child the oracle of God. And they're waiting to see you. Now, when he breathes, life takes place. When I saw my mother breathe her last breath, God brought me to my attention of Adam. He said, when I breathed into his nostrils, he became a living spirit. Lives. When someone dies and you see him do this, God is this close to their face. And he receives that breath back into the giver of life. And when my mama breathed her last breath, I said, God. He went, yes. He received my mother back into him. The breath, every time God breathes, life comes forth. So when he thinks children, and they make requests, would you make me a spirit? I heard him. And I mean, when he would breathe, it seemed like thousands of them were going out to become living spirits, to be raised as children like you see today. It was the most amazing thing I've ever seen in my life. And I thought, why? Because he's a creator. He breathes himself. And that's how life begins. You see what I'm saying? Then all the mechanical parts start taking place. But you've got to have that spirit. You take that spirit out that body, it's over with. I don't care what they do. They can put you on life support and keep your body alive and you gone. I mean, they could think, oh, they say it's your heart. No. Your spirit's not there. For direction, for what the body doesn't know what to do, it needs a soul, the spirit to the soul, the soul to the body, so he can understand how to function in this life. And David opened up the door of my house. He said, Jesus made a table for you. I said, he did. And I love foyers. To me, foyers dictate what a house should look like. And this house of mine is God. They say I live in a mansion. It's an odd house. Nothing compared to what I got in heaven. And I got a beautiful home. Don't misunderstand. 
Oh, I walked in and I walked up and this table has two gold eagles sitting, looking at each other. And one wing is like this. He said, the Lord personally made that for you. I said, my God, I'm doing good. He said, yes, you are. I just said, look around. I said, wow. And it was a lot of my own taste that I have here. Louis the 15th, Louis the 16th, cabriolet, you know, straight, curvy. I kind of like that kind of furniture. And I said, God, why is that? He said, every desire is given. And David said, would you like a condo in paradise? I said, can I have one? He said, you can have a mansion in paradise. Anything you ask is given. All desires are met. Every desire you can think of, God does. And you know what, ladies and gentlemen? It's the same way here, if you'll believe it. It's the same way here, if you'll believe it. And I, that's why I saw all those beautiful condos and places. People like, they like got a mansion. Everybody wants to live in, in the New Jerusalem city, but they like to go out to the country. You can have that too. It don't, whatever you ask, whatever. It's no problem. And the Lord told me, he said, I'll do the same thing on the earth if somebody just believe me. That's my theme this year. What shall I do for thee? He didn't make a limitation on it. We do. People do. That's God. Being God. So as I was walking, I came out of my house. Jesus came up on the street. Whew, I hit my knees, you know. And he just laughed. He was laughing. He tapped me on the show. Stand up, Jesse. Go tell my people I'm coming. He got stern with me then. I said, Lord, they know you're coming. And he raised his voice a little bit. He said, no, they don't. You go tell them I'm coming. I said, yes, sir. I'm yours to command. I will do that. That's why I work so much. Because I can hear that command coming at me. Do this. Do that, you know. So it's hard for me to, uh, quote, quote, slow down. And I was sitting there. I mean, standing there. And we were just talking. I said, thanks for the table. He said, I, I did my best. I said, this is nice. He said, I thought so. I knew what you like, and I did your taste, but I added some of mine in that. I said, well, every time I look at it, I'm going to think of you. He said, thank you, Jesse. He never called me brother. And I'm just thinking, he said, it's time for you to go to work. It's time for you to go home. He said, David, take Jesse back to the, take him by the way of the mountains. He likes mountains. I said, thank you. He said, remember, go tell my people I'm coming. I guess that's why I work so much. I'm under command from God Almighty through the lips of Jesus Christ. That's why I know the difference between the voice of the Father the voice of the Son, and the voice of the Holy Ghost. I've heard him physically many times since then. And I know the distinctness of each and every one of them. And then all of a sudden they come into harmony. They all speak as, the three speaks as one. It's the most amazing thing you've ever heard. And as, but you're not going to know that unless you fellowship with God, see. It's more than going to church. That's good, but you got to do that. So as I was walking, the Apostle Paul came up to me. 
Abraham came up to me. Jonah came up to me. Bunch of people I didn't know. I never saw my mom. And let me say, I never saw any of my family. I know they were there. Maybe I, I wouldn't want to go or something. I don't know. Or maybe it wasn't time for that. I don't know. I can't explain that. And Paul looked at me and he goes, and he clenched his fist. He went, preach this gospel. I said, I'm going to preach this gospel, Paul. I am going to do it. He goes, come on. I said, yes. And, and David said, sing. I said, I don't sing much anymore, you know, because I preach so much. He said, just let every word be a song. And Jonah said, obey. <laughs> I, I revealed that tonight. Obey. He said in kind of a whisper, obey. And I thought, yeah, because if I don't, I'll wind up in a fish myself, I guess. That's what I was thinking, you know. <laughs> obey. And that's what I do. And when you understand what I'm talking about, you'll realize and know without a shadow of a doubt that uh, this longing for me, I want to get out of here. I've been there. I'm not looking to be a big preacher. I lost all that craziness. I won't exploit this thing. But I got to tell you something. I saw Jesus cry. When I would look at his face, it was so bright, but I saw tears. He said, hey, I'll never forget this as long as I ever live. He said, my worst day is yet to come. I thought the worst day was the crucifixion. It's the judgment. He said, Jesse, you know, when I said in my word, I will wipe away all tears. I said, yeah. He said, that includes me too. I said, what? He said, Jesse, I can't change it. I can change it now because I'm their savior. He said, at that day, I won't be their savior. I'll be their judge. And I will have to declare the law of God. I can't change it. I have to wipe my own tears. And Charlie had tears, and I saw water fall from this. I almost wanted to pick it up for like, hold this, something, you know. And he had tears. He said, I don't want to tell my creation to part from me, you work of iniquity. I don't want to do that. My worst day is yet to come. And then he said this, you'll see it. Ladies and gentlemen, that's going to be a tough day for God Almighty, for Jesus himself. He said, I can change it now. Preach that gospel, Jesse. That'll be one less that I have to say depart. It'll be one less tear I have to shed. I don't want to do this, but I must. I said, okay, Lord. Then he said this. Take care of yourself. Watch over your body. Satan don't care if you live or die. What he cares about is where you are. If you die and go to heaven, he says, good, I got him out of my hair. If you die and go to hell, well, bless God, he deserves what he got. He said, well, you, you give him trouble is on earth. He was seeing all with all these men, great men like Jonah. And I looked at Paul and I went, he went, Jesse. So I haven't obeyed that all. 
uh, I've missed God on some of that. I'd get so tired I could hardly. Until the Lord had a child, a young man, give me a word of knowledge. And he brought me back to heaven. He said, but Jesse, the Lord told me to tell you something. I said, tell me, young man. You're just a kid. He said, you know, the devil's afraid of you. You get in front of you, you run him over, kick him in the head. He just, you just beat him and walk on him. I said, I like that word. He said, so he quit getting in front of you and got behind you and start pushing you. Come on, you don't need to rest. My God, the people dying and going to hell, boy. Come on, preach, preach, preach. He says, so you'll never complete your destiny or reach your destination. Because the spirit's willing, but the flesh is weak. That went off of me like a shotgun. And I heard the Lord say, ah, take care of your body. I, I'm, I'm not going to, I'll say it publicly. That at times I missed it again. I just, you know, Jody or Kathy will say, go home. Take a nap. Do something. And I, but, but this, this command I'm going to be 72 in about a month and a half. This command, I hear it 24-7. Not to be big. I don't care about any of that stuff. I want to stand before him in that great day and said, I fought a good fight. I finished my course. I kept the faith. Ah. But I have to learn to listen to this, this flesh. And I'm in not bad shape for a man my age. Most of my staff can't stay up with me. I'm not bragging about that. But there's been time God has told me to rest and I didn't. I'm going to be honest with you. And then I'd have to repent over it. He said, I appreciate your tenacity. I appreciate your willingness to work. But it's much more for you to do. You know, most of the people I started out with, Randy, they dead or retired. Most of them you have too. I ain't looking to play golf. I wouldn't mind white, watching that white horse run. <laughs> I like watching horses race, you know, they're beautiful. It's just that I'm about the father's business. But I have to be careful. I don't want Satan to use that. And the Lord has warned me about those things. And I believe that's a word for some of you in here. Because you have to complete your destiny and reach your destination. So I stepped into that contraption. And they said, we'll see you soon. And I thought, soon? This was 33 years ago, ladies and gentlemen. I was 39. But a thousand years is one day with the Lord. As far as they're concerned... I've only, I was there 25 minutes ago. The millennial kingdom is only two days, a thousand year reign. That's one day, that's it. Jesus may have only been gone a weekend on his time frame. So if you've had a wife or a father or a mother or an uncle or an aunt or grandparent that's went home in the last 20 Five, 30 years, they've only been up there maybe eight minutes. Their time, not yours. I saw that. I wanted to know 
that man that said I made it. So as I was coming back, going at a phenomenal rate of speed, I don't know if I got out the Milky Way galaxy or not. I don't know. Because it was going so fast. And the next thing I know, I'm like this, by the bed. And the first thing I did, where's the hole? How did I get out of here? And I had been in heaven five hours and 15 minutes. And I looked at the clock and I went, oh my God. Oh man. It's 6.15. They're going to pick me up at quarter to seven. I got to preach tonight. Now what I didn't notice, John, I was lit up like a light. But I couldn't see it, CJ. I'm shaving. I'm taking a quick shower, shaving, brushing my teeth, doing everything. And this man that was picking me up, he would, he'd just talk all the time when he picked me up, which is fine, you know. And it, at, at, at uh, you know, 6.45, I heard him. I said, man, so I just finished. I said, I'll be there in just a minute. You know, when I opened up the door, he went, he just backed away and didn't say nothing. And I just looked at him. I said, okay, let me get my Bible. I'll be out. He didn't say one word to me going over to the Magnolia Christian Center. Now, before, he'd been talking like crazy. I was lit up like a light, but I couldn't see it. I brushed my teeth. I shaved. You know, I showered. I did everything. You know, nothing. So I never thought. I got there at 7 o'clock. Service starts at 7. Now, I can prove this. When I got out the car, the man, he was just... Nothing was... Maybe I offended him. You know, John, I thought maybe I said something. You know, I don't know. So I walked into the church. You walk into the foyer of the church, and you turn this way to go into the sanctuary. Now, that church has aisles on the side like that. Uh, then, I don't know how it is now, and just big, huge, long pews. So I'm going to walk on the side of the building like this. And Randy, I'm lit. And everybody started, they stood up and looked at me. And then they looked at the lights. I was shining. I was lit up, but I couldn't see it. They thought it was the TV lights. There was no spotlights. I didn't know anything. I couldn't see nothing. You know, I'm talking about me. This is me. You know, just me. So as I was walking up, I walked up the step. They got them little, little short pews that they have on the platform back in those days. You know, the little ones. But Paul Troker looked at me and went, and just backed up and went like that. I said, you going to give me the pulpit? It's three minutes after seven. Ain't they going to sing? So, but I was shining and everybody could see it but me. So I stood before the pulpit. I said, I ain't saying nothing about this. People think I'm crazy enough as it is. I ain't saying nothing about this at all. And I stood before the people. There was 800 people there. And I said, ladies and gentlemen, I have been in the presence of God today. Boom, 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 and they all fell down. I didn't have one person standing. So I sat down on the platform for 30 minutes. You know how long 30 minutes is when you can't talk? <laughs> like they've been shot. People were crawling, trying to get out of the church. I didn't, I, I didn't say nothing about it. They've been together, and I preached a little bit, and we had a great service. They were weak. But the slow, like Moses, how he went before the presence of God, he had to put something on his face. Slowly it began to fade to me, you know. But I never saw that. I can honestly say I, 
I mean, I looked in the mirror, Terry, I shaved. I didn't see any of that. And I got back home, I said, I ain't telling Kathy nothing neither. But I said, I got to tell this woman something. I said, Kathy, sit down, I want to tell you something. And we get a knock on the door, and it's uh, Deborah and Jules Bokeh, my, her sister, my brother-in-law. So I thought, well, I'm just holding my peace. I said, but nah, they were on my board. I said, I want y'all to listen to this. And I'm about ready to start talking. And Deborah, her sister, says, you know, I had the strangest dream last night. I said, you had a dream? Yeah, she said, I was sitting down with my four kids. She said, but I don't have four kids. I only have three kids. I have Jules Jr., Julie, and Ryan. And I looked at her. I said, Deborah, you had a miscarriage, didn't you? She said, yeah. I said, Deborah, you got four kids. And I told her that. Deborah, remember that? She bust out crying. I mean, and before you know it, Kathy's praising God, Jules praising God. I thought about it, Kevin, don't say nothing because they're going to fall on the floor and praise God, you know. Because <laughs> you can't just say those words. They do it. That's, that's a reaction and an action. And she bust up. I said, Deborah, you got four kids. I saw that one. Was he a boy or a girl? It looked like a boy to me. And he kept looking at me, the little boy. <laughs> well, I'm his uncle. But I don't know that. You want to know Jesus is coming? Every time the government gets involved in killing babies, God sends a deliverer. Pharaoh start killing babies and God sent Moses. Herod start killing babies and God sent Jesus. We're killing babies again and ladies and gentlemen, Jesus is coming. And I'm going to close with this. I held it very long. And Brother Copeland asked me and Jerry asked me if I would come to the minister's conference. That's when you're in the little building. And Buddy Harrison was sitting behind me. Now, this is years later. This is not the beginnings of me being with Kenneth Copeland Ministries. And the Lord said, go home and write that book. I said, God, I ain't writing that book. I said, people think I'm crazy enough as it is. I said, I can't write that. And Buddy Harrison tapped me on my shoulder. I said, hey, buddy. He said, Jesse, I don't mean to intrude, but the Lord just told me to tell you to write that book. Good God Almighty. At the mouth of two witnesses, God and Buddy Harrison. And I went home and talked to Kathy about it. I said, okay. So I went to Harrison's house. And I sat down. Remember they were in that camouflage war with the hats on? Going to war. He said, okay, Jesse, start talking. I talked for eight solid hours. They were taping everything I said. He said, there was there snow in the mountains. I said, yeah. He said, was it cold? I said, what, what, what difference does that make? He said, when you're writing a book, people will see expression on your face and understand what you're saying. But a book, you've got to write that down. I said, no, it wasn't cold. Come to think about it, I touched it. But I knew it was snow. Which means if you like skiing. Every desire 
and we wrote that book. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm the first charismatic speaker or, or preacher to cross over into the secular market back then. That book, Close Encounters of the God Kind, became number three in the nation. I mean, it's ministered to literally millions of people all over the world. The finances that I made on it, I gave 100% of it to God's work. That's all that television was paid for and all the different things. God has been so good. And it is still <laughs> selling like crazy. And people steal it and do all kinds of things. I could put them in jail, but I don't do that. Because they're going to go to jail for life. If they don't repent. But I mean, God is so good and gracious. Now, the Lord told me, he said, to ask you this in your own private self. If you've enjoyed this and maybe you'd like to have an experience, he wouldn't mind giving you that himself. You have to pray it out. I don't know how long it'll take. It could happen tonight. It may take years. All of my life after I got saved is I wanted to see God. My last story. We had a terrible and full gospel temple. Remember that, Betty? Betty's father used to come and preach there. Brother Handegers. And they were having a revival. And I had been asking God to see him. I said, you showed yourself to Abraham. I was a baby Christian. You know, I just got out the music business and been in that church maybe, what, a year, if that much. And he said, young man, stand up. I was 26. He said, you've been asking to see the Lord. Lord, I got my attention real quick. He said, the Lord said he's coming to see you. I said, okay. He said, you'll be sleeping in the bed and your maid, mate, Captain Maid, is I said, will not wake up. I said, okay. Well, I went home. I thought it was going to be that night. I stayed up all night. Nothing. <laughs> I stayed up three nights. Nothing. I was so tired, tired I could barely walk. I said, that guy must have missed it. Two weeks passed. I was frustrated. And I went to bed. Catherine's on the side. I didn't pray, come see me. I was still a little irritated. Because in my mind, Randy, the guy, just, he got excited. I don't sleep on my stomach anymore. But in those days, I used to sleep on my stomach. I laid down. And the wind. Same thing, and I got sucked out that room. And I went, oh, and the wind began to blow through my body under my fingernails coming out my eyes. Wind. And I'm, I'm pinned to the bed, and the curtains flew up on top the curtain rods. And behind me, I'm sleeping. I heard this. You asked to see me. Turn around. And I went, no, I'm not going to do this. I'm scared. I got scared, man. I mean, not fear like you. Whoo, man. I, whoo, and I thought, Kathy will look. <laughs> Kathy is still a very light sleeper. Boom. I, I hit it with this. Boom. I put a bruise on Kathy this big. I'm telling you, blue, black. And she goes, mm hmm. Mm -hmm. And I can remember the guy saying, she ain't going to wake up. I said, I'm going to beat her brains out. She got to wake up and see who this is in my mind. And I hit her the second time. You asked to see me. 
turn around. I'm just pinned to the wind blowing out of my face, out of my fingernails, just blowing everywhere. And I thought, my God, man. I said, listen, Lord, listen, listen. Forget what I said. I'm, you know, I, I don't know. I don't, you know, I'm hitting Kathy. Come on, get up. You know. And then he asked the third time. You asked to see me. Turn around. Now, I, I know it wasn't the Father. It was Jesus. But I, I could at least see him without dying, you know. And I said, God, forgive me. I, I, maybe, you know, I want to see you, but I guess, I don't know. And, I, and all of a sudden, the women, and the curtains come off the And I looked at Kathy, and I hit her. She goes, whoa, what you doing? What's your matter with you? You crazy? I said, you missed it, woman. I want to let you know. You missed it. I said, God was in this room. The curtain was on top. The rod, wind blew, and you didn't wake up. She said, what'd he look like? I said, uh, I didn't turn around, Catherine. <laughs> she said, yeah, chicken. <laughs> You've been praying for that all. I said, God, I was so mad at myself. I got up, I went to the refrigerator, made a sandwich, and sat down. I was mad at myself. You stupid, stupid, stupid idiot. Just calling myself all kinds of names. And the, the Lord spoke to my spirit. He said, I'm glad you didn't turn around. Because it's better you believe me and not see me. Kathy wore the bruise for two weeks. She could have saw the Lord, but. <laughs> she could say, you never say you can hit. You never say you didn't hit me. I said, man, I'm telling you, Kathy. I mean, you should have seen that. I've had many encounters like that since those days. And I was probably asking in the flesh because I was a baby Christian. But today I don't have to ask. He'll come see me sometime. Just talk to Wake me up in the middle of the night. Woke me up three weeks ago. I went, what? He said, I'm watching you sleep. I said, you're watching me sleep? He said, yeah. He said, you know where I learned that? I said, no. He said, you. Remember when we used to walk into Jody's bedroom? She was in that little bassinet thing. She was just a baby. You'd go look at her, listen to her breathe. Watch her. He said, you're still my child. I said, what do you want me to do? He said, nothing. I'd like to talk to you. Get up. Boom, I get up. I go straight in that study. Well, you know, we're laughing and talking and having a wonderful time. You can have that same relationship. But what I wanted was something more. That was called fellowship. Hello, Jesus. Hi, Jesse. That's my story. There's a lot more to it. But I felt start start stop there. But the Lord said, I'll visit anybody that wants me. And he told me, say it again. He said, I'm coming sooner than they think. Now he didn't tell me when. But every day in my morning devotion, I say, Father, if it be your will, speed up the time. Like Jesus did for Mary at the wedding of Cana. When he told her, that's not my time. When he turned the water to wine, it's not my time. But he did it. I'd like to go to heaven with my family. But if not, I'll take the 120 years with full ability, capability, and capacity. But I prefer you come in my lifetime. But if it be your will.
And about three weeks ago, I heard the father go, <laughs> I know that voice. He chuckled. And the reason why he hadn't told Jesus, because Jesus will tell us. He will. He will do it. I see it. He'll say, Thursday, 2 o'clock. <laughs> he will do it, I'm telling you. God's voice is a still, small voice, the Father, with great authority. Jesus' voice is a voice of love. Oh, my God. Just dripping in love. That's that grace. And the Holy Spirit's voice is a voice of purity. That's why you can blaspheme the, whole, the Father, and you can get repentance for that. That's why you can blaspheme the Son, and you get repentance for that. But if you blaspheme the Holy Ghost, you cannot be forgiven for that. Why? That's purity at its best. That's the holiness of God and the purity of who he is. And you will not touch that. Anytime, anywhere, anyone. I'm Jesse Duplantis and I approve this testimony. Give the Lord a hand clap for that. Did you enjoy it? Did it witness to you? Thank you. Please.